0: the awkward <laughs> intro with a little tomato some salt call it a day mm-hmm. oh we're live that's what i'm talking about hey i don't know which part the uh, editor is gonna catch my editor tyler by the way for for you guys he's amazing you guys, if you ever need an editor, he'll do it for a PSN card. That's how great the guy is. I Ooh, love it. Go, Tyler!
1: Yay! Thank you, Tyler.
0: So, all right, then we pause, and I do an intro. Whoa, <clears throat> whoa, 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 whoa! For a PSN card, coach, come on, give me a little credit here. I've been doing this for the, you know, from the bottom of my heart all this time, and then you happen to give me a PSN card. So, no, I didn't do it for, you know, monetary value. I did it for you. Although the PSN card was pretty nice,
2: shut up and sit down.
0: Hello, family. Welcome to PSVGOT episode 22. I am your host, Coach Mo. And here with me today is the one and only Steve Waldinger hey. from All the Great Things. He's been here before. And also joining us is a brand new guest brought by my buddy Steve is Ms. Donna Litterisi from Draw DVL Productions. Hi. How are we doing today, folks?
2: Uh, we are fantastic. We have good, just come yeah. from day two of WonderCon. Uh, yeah,
1: WonderCon's lots of fun. Very busy.
2: Yeah, This is the sister's sister's show most of the wonderful CD of comic Con.
0: That's what Was I've that? heard. I heard it is the most wonder-filled of Comic-Cons.
1: Exactly, yes. It is. It is a wondrous <laughs> WonderCon.
0: Like Other Comic-Cons have some wonder, but this one has like the highest amount of wonder. It does. <laughs> so that's that's what I, what their their brochure said. So I was really thankful for that. It um, used to be just a Wonder Woman
2: and Wonder Man con, um, con but then it's evolved. <laughs> <over there. laughs>
1: and it's in Anaheim. It's near Disney, so it's near Wonderland and Alice in Wonderland. Just got oh, all the
0: Wonderland is banging. So little little known fact: people don't know this. My second favorite Disney person is the Cheshire Cat. Oh I'm a I love huge the cat. Cheshire Cat fan. Uh, when I was one a little poo.
1: girl and I tried to get my way, I'd be like, I'm going to do the Cheshire Cat kitty grin. And then I'd make a big, scary grin. <laughs> that only some of the time worked, but I tried. I tried it.
0: Time out. How do you pronounce that? Cheshire?
1: I think huh. it's Cheshire or Cheshire's oh. I mean, Cheshire is like the proper British Ah! Word.
0: Uh, yeah, that's oh, I was like, whoa! I've never heard it said that way. But I also don't yeah. hang on with a lot British people. It's kind of a <laughs> kind of a no for me. I'm Irish. We we're not a huge fan of, <laughs> of we're going to uh, change this to the O T. Right.
2: So, like we'll, we'll, we'll serve high tea and sip our. Just <laughs> <laughs> like
1: people say Cecil or Cecil, Cheshire or whatever you want to say. I think it's pretty.
0: Respect. I, I do love, see, as a teacher, I love being taught. So I'll take it. I'll take it and run with it. So I'm so happy to have you guys on here. Uh, so what had happened was our normal co-host, my boy Dev, he's been going through some stuff and he was like, uh, Mo, I just I can't make it. I was like, all right. I, me and Steve, we have, like, this this comic connection. I was like, Steve, are you available tonight? Is yes. Can I bring Donna? I was like, yes. I love it when people come on. So I am so glad you guys are here. It was willing. I'm, I'm very excited to be staying up this late. Like, normally I'm in bed at about 8. It's 1225, and I'm jacked to be here. Like, I've got the goosebumps. I'm ready to go. So oh yeah yeah (laughs) so this is phpgot and we are a relational podcast and we're here for two reasons one to share memories to connect with our family on the interwebs and two to dominate unpreparedness so like i ask every week have either of you been prepared for tonight's show
2: we found out we were doing it like uh two hours ago so no
1: (laughs) i have actually never been on a podcast before so this is my first time
0: yay well i'm glad that your first podcast can be totally unprepared and ot in this so our main topic for tonight is what was your biggest hype letdown, and we want you to walk us through it so i'll tell my story first giving you guys some time to to wrap your head around yours now i remember i was a young coach mo this was uh back in 2013, before all the old age and the coaching injuries and all the things that happened. And I remember going and waiting in line for my PS4. I was so excited. I went to the midnight launch. I was, I was hyped up and ready to go. It's like, yes, this is my very first console launch. I'm here at the midnight. I'm going to pick this bad boy up and I'm going to go home and I'm going to set it up. Midnight launches, if you've never been to one, are not for the faint of heart. <laughs> now i'm a very large man uh for our community knows it but donna donna doesn't and i want to make sure she understands this picture uh i'm about six seven almost six eight, 350 pounds very large man oh yeah and i'm standing there in line and and it, it's almost time for the kickoff for the opening and so the manager he has these guys pushing in line and he goes uh mo could, could you help me out and i walk over and i'm like just stand there trying to listen to these guys having and i'm like hey guys can we calm down so the manager does me a solid because i helped him out and he lets me get my console about 20 minutes early or so and leave i'm like how could this night get any better <laughs> this is the best thing in the world now i pre-ordered this camera see the ps4 came with this sweet camera you plug in and so i go home and i set it all up and i'm so jacked to jump into this camera and all the games and guys there's there's one game on it and it's got these little play robot thingies and it's not very good so then i go in to play madden and the online service isn't working oh no and so i just sit there going i just wanted to play some madden with my buddies we can't get online I don't know what's happening. And I remember going to bed just defeated. Now, I I love the games. I love all games. I love, you know, the the sports and and the, the the board games and the video games. But I remember that night going in with such high expectations and going home so devastated. And so that was my biggest hype letdown. So Donna, what was your biggest hype letdown?
1: Hmm. I've probably had a couple throughout mm-hmm. my time on earth. I would say one was when I was in college, I did a 24 hour play festival. I uh, went to a liberal arts college. So I studied uh, drawing and I also studied uh, psychology and I also studied theater. And I was mostly a playwriting person and 24 uh, hour play festivals. If you're writing the play, you basically are up for the entire 24 hours and you get a theme And you stay up all night writing it. And then the next day you meet the people who are the actors in the play and the director. And if you're young and starry, eyed you think like, wow, great. I'll get to help and be part of it and not have a lot of sleep. This will be really exciting. But depending on who you get as your director, that's not actually what happens. So I was really hyped. I was really excited. I had been up all night. I had written a play and it was going to be produced and it was going to have two shows later that night. And unfortunately, when you work in playwriting, sometimes you'll have a great director who's really cool and wants to work with you. And other times it's kind of like you're supposed to stop existing once you've written it. And um, I was really hyped for this production and to get my work out there. I was young. I uh, I was 19. And the guy who was directing my play... Actually, at one point, like he kind of briefly ran through the script with the actors, but then he had them off book after they read it once. So it was almost as if what I wrote didn't matter at all. And uh when the actors were getting lines wrong and then if they said a line that was like later in the play too early, it would kind of mess up the entire narrative. And so ultimately when you've written something like this and you're watching it go on, it's just it makes it look like you wrote something that doesn't make any sense as opposed to just like there's like kind of like an acting thing going on wow. or like a directing thing. So that was a pretty big hype and disappointment because it was exciting to get my work out there, but then One, it was not going forward in the best way it could have been presented. And then two, it was just clearly, I was working with a director who did not really care about anything I'd done or anything I'd written. And he was a grad student who was quite a bit older than me. So he seemed to also kind of want to be putting me in my place. So that made me very sad. But the good kind of moral of the story was that the actors felt bad for me and understood my position. And they ended up kind of sneaking away from the director and going over some lines and going over some stuff with me and making sure that... They understood the play a little better and they actually got some of the lines right. And it was a 24-hour play festival where they did two performances back to back. And one performance they got some stuff wrong, but the other they worked really hard and they actually delivered the script I had written. So that was really cool. So even though it was a hype and a disappointment situation, it was nice that some people involved were like, hey, no, we don't want you to be sad. We're going to try and get this right and do this right. And I actually did that play festival twice. And the first time, the first time I did it was I was 18 and that's the one I'm talking about. I misremembered. Second time I did it was 19. It went a lot better.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Mm.
0: Man, so during that I was getting real angry. I was like, "Me and this director, we're gonna have problems. You don't, <laughs> mess, you don't mess with the Donster. You're not gonna do that, buddy." I've never saying, called that like,
1: before. I I've been will, called I Don be like a like, reindeer, but not the Donster.
0: Again. Until uh, now, I, until I now. will Hulk out, sir. That's not gonna yeah. go down now. So you, you after the show, let's uh, let's give me that name, and I'll go have a nice conversation. We don't, <laughs> we don't treat friends of the OT that way.
2: <laughs> Mo Smash.
0: While I was listening to this, I want you to know that. One of my best friends is actually in Little Rides College right now. And he's going, he went to school first with me. We were both going to be teachers together, played football together. Great guy. His name's is Matty. And after a couple of years of teaching, he was like, dude, I really want to make movies. And so I was like, you're married with two kids. You have two options. One, move in with your parents and go to school and learn how to make movies. Two, keep teaching forever and be miserable. He did the first one. Really smart hey. guy, Maddie. Really smart guy. So he actually graduates in December. And I told him, I was like, because I helped push you for this, you have one job. I want to be a villain in a great movie. I want to be like the most villainy villain of all time. So he has to write me a villainy role. And I told him all the things I wanted. It's like, I want to be like Darth Vader, only way meaner. I just want to be like the well, that's best. That's going to be
2: villain. your name in the movie? Darth meaner.
0: I, that would be so cool. Oh my goodness. Yes. It could be a Star Wars futuristic type movie. I don't care. I just want to be a cool villain. All right, <laughs> Stevie, man. Um, what was your biggest uh, hype letdown? And then walk us through it. Tell us the story.
2: It, it was Spider-Man number three. I was, um, to this day, y'all, as you can see, um, we might have touched on it briefly in the uh, the last OTA I was on, but in case, you know, for a refresher slash, you know, somebody new to me, meet me for the first time. By the way, very nice to meet you, by the way. Hello. Um, but Spider-Man... Is my all-time favorite superhero of all time. Spider-Man is to me what uh, the Hulk is to Mo, um, and so it goes without saying that I've, I've loved a good portion of the Spider-Man movies that have come out. Um, it was just I was in shock and on and wonderment when Spider-Man came out. The first Sam Raimi Spider-Man, the second Spider-Man just blew me away. Like to this day, it is held that it is my all-time favorite comic book movie and. I don't foresee any movie taking this back. I mean, like the next, you know, Avengers looks cool with, you know, with everybody in it, but I still don't think it's going to overtake Spider-Man 2. Just everything with that movie clicked. It like really nailed the essence of Spider-Man. So, you know, at the time of Spider-Man 2, after seeing this and how amazing this was, I, and, you know, I, I noted that it was, you know, I was thought Spider-Man was really good. Spider-Man 2 was so amazing that as like, Wow, Spider-Man 3 is going to be the bestest thing of all time. It got to the point that before it premiered in the U.S., it had a premiere. It's like world premiere was in Japan. I gave very, very, very serious consideration to uh, flying out to Japan just to see Spider-Man 3. I didn't end up doing this, but I, I do remember playing the game Desert Island where like you pick like five like movies that you would take with you on a desert Island. I think I picked for one of those movies. um, One of the movies was the uh, Tom Hanks movie where he gets stuck on the Island. uh, Castaway. Castaway, Yeah. So that way I could get back. But like the second movie I picked was Spider-Man three. My logic being I've already seen the first two Man, I want to make sure I'm I'm able to watch Spider-Man three as often as I want to on this Island because it's going to be so amazing. And so I finally get to go see Spider-Man 3 in the theater. I go to a midnight screening, which is relatively rare for me. Um, I I only go if it's like something I really, really, really want to see. And that was, of course, the movie I really, really, really wanted to see. So I go to the theater and I see the movie and I see Tobey Maguire doing the tap dance. (laughs) And I'm just like, I was managed to leave the movie theater convincing myself that it was A good movie when in my heart of hearts I knew it was a disappointment and um, I've since I've you know I watched it in full one other time and um, I came away from it less enthused than the first time and then I've only watched bits and pieces here since and I've I've accepted the fact that Spider-Man 3 is not a good movie Um, it was such such disappointment from such epic hype that I had
0: I've never seen this movie
2: No, oh, I, um,
0: I don't think I think I've only seen two Spider-Man movies: the Homecoming one, mm-hmm. and the one with the dude with the the big hair.
2: Um, let's see. Did you see? You saw the Andrew Garfield
0: ones, right? That's where what I'm talking saw? about. He had oh. one with where what's her name dies in the end.
2: Uh, okay, yeah, that was that was amazing Spider-Man too. and that was that wasn't as big of a letdown, but it was a, some. I liked the first Amazing Spider-Man they did with Andrew Garfield. And then the second one was a disappointment. They went the cartoony route with like the villains like electro is a he's a he's a force to be reckoned with but in the in the movie he was basically like a glorified joke and so yeah it wasn't as big of a letdown as it was from going from spider-man 2 to spider-man 3
0: Hmm. all right man those are some those are some good hype moments and i'm sad that they all turned out that way for us now we have some questions today and i'm pretty jacked about these i'm very excited um these come from my students uh, what we do is we put them in a little hat and we draw them out. And uh, we got rid of the names. I don't remember why. Something happened and we decided to get rid of names. So I don't think
2: on the one I was on, we didn't have names, I don't think.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah. I, I, just, I can yet. never remember when we did that, like when that choice was made. So here's our first question um, Who do you think the better marksman is, Link from Legend of Zelda or Laura Croft?
2: Ooh, that's a good question. I'm going to go with. Um, Link, that's just my gut answer is Link. Respect? He, he would be more of an archer than he would be a um, uh, a gunsman. And I think you need, yeah. you need more accuracy. You learn more accuracy using a bow than you would with a firearm.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. It takes a certain amount of attention to detail and being able to be an archer is something a lot of people can't do. So I would agree with Link.
0: Now, I'm actually, uh, I've, I've seen, I watched the Laura Croft, the new Tomb Raider movie. I played both the, the new release games. My Laura Croft uses a bow and arrow really well. And oh. and, guns. and so because I have that experience with her, I'm going to go with Laura Croft on this one. Um, I do think Link, you know, he's got to be real talented because it's like one of his main weapons. But I think because Laura also has to do the whole dual wielding pistols and using, wow. you know, there's more marksmanship available for for the lc than there is for the link Mm -hmm. so that's what i'm gonna go with
2: yeah Um, to be accurate with a pistol that's an that is an incredible feat of of marksmanship yeah to be accurate with a double pistol two of them yes all
0: right all right our next one if you could make any marvel movie what would it be we'll start off with steve and then we'll move to the dumpster okay
2: this is getting increasingly hard to answer because they're making so many marvel movies now um Like, I'm tempted to say Squirrel Girl, but actually, I'm going to go with Squirrel Girl only because um, Squirrel Girl is not getting her own solo thing right away. She's going to be on the, I believe she's going to be on the New Warriors TV show. Uh, So I'm going to go with the unbeatable Squirrel Girl because that universe that they've created in the comic is Mm -hmm. just so fun. that um, Comics, you know. For as many people as read comics movies reach that many more people so i want the whole world to share in the excellence that is the unbeatable squirrel girl
0: if they don't have an episode where she's uh dating a sentinel it's the, oh, yes. you, you 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 messed up like you just you ruined it so so <laughs> true all right donna how about you
1: i do really like squirrel girl and that's a very good answer mm. Uh, I know it's already a Netflix show, but I think a Jessica Jones movie would be very cool.
0: Oh she's, man, uh, I would be down.
1: Yeah, I mean, she is really strong, she's really intense, and she's sort of a more everyday superhero. And I kinda like how the the show approaches it, and they I think they call them people with powers. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, it's not quite the thing where she's wearing, like, a whole outfit and a cape. And it's, like, oh, so much of a production is just kind of, like, she has these enormous powers that are just part of her. And I think it's great as a show, but it would be really cool to have it be, like, a more kind of contained narrative in a film version. So that's what I would make if I were making a Marvel movie.
0: Because of when I saw the first Jessica season, I went and got my hands on the comics and all the things that, like, intertwine with it. And there's so much I'm, like, waiting for to happen with Jessica yeah. Jones. I'm waiting for Hellcat to turn into a thing. Um, yes, I'm I know. For, yeah. Waiting for some She Hulk. I'm waiting for all these great things that should be able to happen. I'm waiting for her to have her baby, like things that need to happen. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it's
1: a TV show. They're going to be able to draw it out a lot mm-hmm. longer. So I guess we're going to be waiting for a while.
0: And I will wait patiently. <laughs> um. So normally my gut is we remake Thor Ragnarok, get that piece of trash out of there and give me a real planet hulk but i know they can't do it so if i'm gonna make one i'm gonna make a miss marvel movie yes oh, yeah, be cool. it's gonna be all about her and the whole high school thing and growing with her powers and how to use them and the relationship dynamic like that is some of my favorite stuff that's in there is like her getting home and her family giving her crap. was like, why can't you act like your brother and do this, this and this. And she's going against those cultural norms and becoming her own individual. I would love more of that. I don't even need her to be tied into an Avengers at all. Just let her have her one movie and I would go nuts. I would be so happy. That'd
1: be really cool.
0: Love me some Miss Marvel. Mm -hmm. Um, Our next one, if you, so, so you're given the gift to make the best music ever. What style of music? are you making? Uh, We'll go with Donna first on this one.
1: Oh, God. I have such an eclectic taste. I like so many different things. Um, What kind of music would I make? Um, Okay, so things that I like. I like a lot of 80s alternative rock like Depeche Mode. I like things like Interpol. I'm also really nerdy, and I like a lot of Disney songs, and I like show tunes, and I like really silly songs like that song about wanting a hippopotamus for (laughs) Christmas. So if I were to make a certain... I don't know if I'd make a genre of music so much as I would either make a song that would be really catchy and mm-hmm. either people would just think it was fun and funny singing to make them laugh, or I'd want to make something which was probably the, you know, the thing everywhere parents would not want to hear just because it's like going to be played over and over again, but like an anthem, like something mm-hmm. like Let It Go or something really, really catchy, like theme song wise, like the theme from Phantom of the Opera. I don't know if you're familiar with Phantom, but like na-na-na-na, anyway, something earwormy, whether it was earwormy because it was just catchy to listen to or funny or kind of empowering. So not sure low I actually key. answered your question, but
0: <laughs> I, I low key, I bought the Moana soundtrack and oh, cool. uh, I've been listening to that like at work in the car um my so some of my my softball girls sing it um it's like they're like their hype song and i got hooked and i'm like ah yeah okay sorry Are you, uh, oh
1: just a quick cool question are you at all a frozen fan
0: um i've watched it like twice so here's the thing um i i'm uh i have add uh, not a lot of people know that about me um so i don't sit well and so for me to go watch tv or to watch a movie for longer than 20 minutes requires me to get up and walk around like five or six times so i don't watch a lot of the movies um but yeah so i think i've seen at least twice i did enjoy the let it go song i like the one where she's uh the cold doesn't bother me anyway more though
1: yeah But no, I was just asking because they've actually just turned into a Broadway musical and I'm super obsessed with all the songs from the Broadway musical. The Broadway musical is cool. I mean, it'll be difficult to sit through because they've made it longer, but they've also expanded upon the backstory and Elsa gets more songs. So you hear a lot more of her internal monologue and being very afraid, not wanting to hurt anyone with her powers, but yeah. If you look up on Frozen Broadway on YouTube, Dangerous to Dream is a really cool song, I think, and so is the song Monster. Monster's kind of like let it go in the second act. but
0: I'll check it out. I will try anything once. That's how I got into the comics, and now I'm hooked. So, Steve, what kind of music are you making?
2: I think I would bring back – I miss the theme songs from 80s and 90s TV shows. Um, It seems like nowadays it's like the theme songs aren't – because you can skip them now with like you know when you're watching netflix and and stuff like that so it's like if you have the option to skip it i i generally have been skipping most of the theme songs listen to them once but not, and none of them's really hooked me so i would make like the ultimate 80s and 90s theme song of all time and it would just overtake everything in the world all right respect
0: no hey do you um so i have gone like seven different ways in this in the whole time i've since i've seen this question and for me like the problem is it's the moments I would want to be able to capture. Um, at the end of Last of Us, the song of the guitar. Um, there's an, a song that's circulating right now by Hobo Johnson um, called Peach Scones that my kids adore. They love it. And I like it because it's got this pretty heartfelt, different meaning from a guy who you wouldn't expect to be this poetic rapper. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I just want to be part of Boys to Men. Yeah. So <laughs> my base would be deep enough so I could become the fourth member of uh, Boys to Men and me and Wanye we could go out and do things and, and life
2: would be good. So that would be me. I would just bring back some more R&B love. Um, in lieu of that, <laughs> if you want, we could start a, um, a Boys to Men cover band called Boys to Mo. Oh,
0: yes. See? <laughs> I like it. I like it.
2: Um, our next one, what is your favorite book and why? Steve. Ooh. Um... I think I want to say my favorite book is The Sun Also Rises by Ernest Hemingway. I haven't read it in a very long time, um, but I do remember being enamored with it upon reading it. And I think it's one of those rare books that I actually reread, not having to read it for a school assignment. The first time I read it was because it was assigned to me at school. But the yeah second time I was like, oh, I'm going to read this again on my own. And um, yeah, the second time, like some of the stuff that they were talking about, um, initially I was, uh, are we still there? We Mo went out on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just clicked okay. it. Cause I was grabbing it. Oh, okay. Clip. Yep. Okay. No, okay yeah. good, brother. Uh, yeah. Tyler at the 30 minute mark, exit this out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of the themes like kind of went over my head a little bit the first time I read it. So more of them sunk in the second time and yeah, and that that book made me want to read it again so um that book i think gets gets a shout out as my favorite book all right respect uh donna how about you
1: i have many 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 favorite books um i'm going to go with a book which is a more new favorite it's called year of the beasts it's a combination young adult novel and it's also partially a graphic novel every other chapter is different. So the first chapter is a regular chapter in prose form. And then the second chapter is a graphic novel chapter. And it's a coming of age story about two girls and it's about their relationship as sisters and kind of like strife and drama and competition. And there are a lot of also very sad themes in the book having to do with kind of, grief and loss and coming of age and growing up. But the interesting thing is the prose chapter takes place in the modern day. And then the graphic novel chapters look as if they're kind of like a modernized version of Greek mythological characters. But the cool thing about this book is it can either be read entirely as one piece. And then you realize, Oh, they're actually like different versions of the same characters and it all fits together. Or if you were to just read the prose parts and then just read the pages, which are drawn like a comic book, then they completely work as two separate stories. So I really, really think that's a beautifully done young adult book because the art is great. The storytelling is great. It's relatable and funny and tragic and beautiful. And I just, I think it's a really cool thing because I believe very much in not only prose for literature but also a graphic novel. So the fact that this book combines narrative storytelling with images as well as words makes it one of my favorite books.
2: Awesome. Yeah,
0: that sounds really cool. Um,
1: yeah, it's, it's by Cecil Castellucci and then Nate Powell did oh, the graphic novel portion of it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I know. So, I actually met Cecil. Yeah, uh, she's really nice. Yeah, yeah Cecil cool or
1: Cecil, I guess I think, that, that debate yeah.
0: is <laughs> That whole British thing again. <laughs> <The>
2: British. Cheerio.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, for me, it's uh, The Thirteen and a Half Lives of Captain Blue Bear. Um, and the reason I think that, that book still sticks with me, uh, right now our library had to go buy three more uh, this year because we had five, but two kids didn't bring them back. Um, so they had to get more, uh, cause my kids keep wanting to read it. Cause it's, it's my favorite book. And the reason is when I first touched that book, I was just a football player. Uh, I didn't have a personality. I just worried about being in the weight room and hitting people. And that was my job. That's who I was. And I remember this really pretty girl who later became my wife. Um, we actually, went on a date to the mall of america uh because she was up there to watch a football game and we went into this place called barnes and nobles that sells books and i don't think i'd ever been in this place until then and uh, i go oh that's a huge book and it has a picture of a bear on it she goes you want it and i was like yeah i will i will get this i like bears and uh i started reading it and this author is one of the most creative imaginative people on the planet and as I continued to read it, I just fell so in love with the character. Like I quote, uh, probably five or six different quotes out of that book to my students on the regular. Uh, one of them is when bad habits become habit, you turn over a new leaf. That's that's from the book. What I love about it is I learned that it like what imagination looked like because I didn't have it. And like this this author puts an entire city inside of a tornado. Um, and that's one of the places this Captain Bluebear goes during his thirteen and a half. Uh, lives um and it was just a huge moment for me like it was one of those things that i'll remember forever is and i read that book once a year every year and i have it plastered all over my uh my office so my kids know that coach Mo's favorite book is and uh they they're always there to ask questions and talk about it and i keep hoping somebody makes a 13 and a half lives of captain blue bear movie because i would watch that forever so that's really cool <sighs> captain blue bear You're the man. (laughs) All right. Our last question of the night. Your last meal. What is it, Steve?
2: I think just French fries. (laughs) Just French fries? Just French fries. Um, Respect. Yeah, French fries is my favorite food, but I rarely eat them nowadays because they're, you know, not the healthiest thing for you. So it's like I only – whenever I eat them, it's like a special occasion. So I think, yeah, if I'm going out, I'm just – Give me like a giant plate of uh, French fries, like stacked over my head with me standing up.
0: Oh, Okay. All right. Donna, how about you?
1: Um, I would have to choose between either challah bread French toast, mm-hmm. which is amazing when it is made properly and the bread is very, very fluffy and it's not just regular French toast. It's like really, really thick eggy bread, even in addition to the eggs that are put on it. Or I would have traditional, traditional Neapolitan pizza. So I, Mm -hmm. I live in LA and I've lived here for a long time, but I'm originally from New York. So I'm, I used to think I was super picky about New York to LA pizza, but then I went to Italy in 2013, then I'm part Italian American. And then I had like real pizza from Naples and so now I'm super obsessed with like proper, proper pizza, but they have all these different flavors of pizza in Neapolitan pizza. And they have one, which is entirely just like white sauce and mozzarella. And it's like an entirely white pizza and the way it's made, it's different than like just slices pizza. You get like your own little tiny personal pizza and it's baked in a brick oven. And it's, I don't really know how to describe it, but mm. if you just look up Neapolitan pizza and can mm. find anywhere that you can get Neapolitan pizza, it is amazing. So I would either have challah French toast or the white version of proper Neapolitan pizza de Napoli.
0: Respect. That sounds delicious. Like really so I, yeah, I'll i be on Google in a minute.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just want to add a challah French toast to my uh, last meals, Just so I can say challah. <laughs>
0: Hallah <laughs> <Holla> and fries. <laughs> um, man, I see. I think my my large person. This is about to come out because uh, my last meal, there would be cheese fries and nachos and barbecue chicken wings there would be a chicken Philly sandwich on uh, toasted bread there'd be a large cheese pizza and a deep dish pizza with barbecue sauce cause that's banging deep
1: dish sacrilege
0: <laughs> uh, see I grew up in uh, Chicago on the north side so deep okay. dish is like the only Sorry. way I knew how to Why? pizza when, when you've had a real deep dish like, I'll tell you right now so I've been in New York a couple times and I've had a couple good slices but nothing compares to a good deep dish like done proper now, there's crappy deep dish all over. If you, you think Pizza Hut is deep dish, no, that is hot trash. That is not. That is not trash. Please never eat that. Please don't do that to yourself. Do not compare the two. That should just be called pizza dish because it's not, it's not in our stuff. It's not the way it's supposed to be done. Um, but yeah, mine, mine would be a smorgasbord of all these things that I'm not allowed to eat. Like I could have like a slice, but I would just go to town. Like my last meal would be just me smashing these things and enjoying them to pieces. So. That would be me. Cool. Excellent. Mm. Man, I'm hungry. It's 1 a.m. <laughs> it's know. 1 a.m. And I'm over here. Oh, man. Where could I, where could I go get some awesome? Oh, oh, All right. Back to work. So to wrap up the show, we like to do this thing where we talk about our game of the year. Now, I don't know if Donna's a gamer. And I don't want to throw her under the bus. And I, I know Steve, like, he games a little, but not a lot. He's working on the comics and developing his craft. So for tonight and tonight only... It won't be our game of the year. It's going to be our movie of the year because I feel confident that you guys will all have a good pick. So, Donna, what is your movie of the year so far?
1: Um, I'm super behind in seeing movies. I just saw Coco and it was amazing.
0: Oh, my goodness. Um, Yes, I didn't. I'm not saying I cried. I
1: cried so much. I mean, I love Dia de los Muertos and I love just the idea of being able to always connect with your ancestors and especially that there being one specific day, but kind of that they're there with you forever and that it's the afterlife, but it's not necessarily a thing of mourning. It's the fact that you're always connected to each other. If you're in different worlds, like all the celebration, all of the colors, all of the spirit animals and stuff. I love that movie. I cried so much. I've been wanting to see it forever and I finally saw it. And I am very, very behind in movie seeing. I haven't seen other movies yet this year, but Coco will still probably be the top movie if not. I mean, it'll at least be like top three, if not remain the top one for me.
0: No, fully, fully respected. And Uh, I love the
1: animation. It's just, it's just amazing.
0: It was, so the, the flower bridge to this day, probably the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in an animated movie. I don't know how they did it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I love Pepita, the, um, the the big jaguar spirit animal who flies.
0: Um, that thing, that thing. I'm not gonna say it gave me nightmares, but I've had dreams that thing have been in my dreams, and I'm not okay with meeting it in any other way other than watching it on a TV show, like in a movie. I don't want. I don't want to dream about it. I
1: don't know if you've seen those memes on the internet where a person is just like, "Look, it's a bear!" It starts eating me. Yay! Hi, Fluffy. That's how I am with animals. <laughs> but especially if it was like a technical or like flying majestical Jaguar. I mean, She's also, I think it's a she, like, she's very, very friendly. Like, she's big and kind of imposing, but she's very loving. But even if she was like, chewing off my arm, I'd be like, kitty friend, I hope, I hope this is nutritious for you. (laughs) Yay, kitty friend. (laughs) (laughs) That's,
0: that's not how I view it. I view it as, no, I need to get away from you fast.
1: (laughs) I mean, I actually, I get around LA without a car. I take public transit and use Uber and Lyft. So if I had like a giant flying Jaguar to like not have to do any of that, that would be
0: amazing
2: That'd
0: for be sure no, fun, I'd, I'd be fun I'd. <laughs> yeah. all right steve how about you bud? movie of the year
2: um i love this question because actually i break this is i break my movies down exactly this way i um i class how i uh pick my break my movies i whatever movies i see in a given year is how i pick my favorite so like for example. Um, I didn't see, um, Akira when it came out, you know, when it first came out, I saw it many years later, but the year I watched Akira, that was my favorite movie of the year. Um, this year, you know, still early. Um, but I think Lady Bird is going to run the gauntlet and be my favorite movie of 2018. I saw it, uh, maybe about, um, maybe two, three weeks ago. And I was just Uh, blown away at the theaters like oh wow this is um this is just such a great movie um it she's a catholic school girl i was a a catholic school guy um back in my day so i could relate to that aspect of it and uh, she she wants to be a writer i'm a writer so i could relate to that aspect of it and yeah just so much of it um was relatable and accessible and i just really came away with uh, it was bl- super funny at various points too, and also super dramatic it just yeah a movie that just brought so much to the table i loved it a lot and i think it's going to be end up running the table as being my uh favorite movie of 2018
0: see everyone keeps telling me to go see it but my problem is that i had to sit down for two hours
2: it sometimes... wasn't actually it was a short movie i think it was about is an hour it? and a half long
0: okay uh I'll add it to the list. I'll, I'll try, to try to see if I can't get into it. Now for me, it, it's so hard because one is so fresh in my memory, but the other one, I have just, I talk about it almost every day at work. Uh, I, it's, it's, I'm going to go with Black Panther. I want to say Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider was so good. I loved it. I had such a blast. I know people didn't like it, but when you played the game, you had so much backstory. You knew what was coming and it just filled in really well. But the reason Black Panther, is, it's going to stay my number one is because my kids, my, my so I teach at in, in inner city school, uh, about 92%, 90 something percent of our kids are, are living below the socioeconomic line, and they still will be in class playing games, and someone will make a great play, and I'll hear Wakanda forever, and then we all jump in, Wakanda forever. We go. <laughs> to it has become a war cry, and I love it. I love it. I love seeing my kids with that kind of joy. And, and I'm just going to say right now, I think Black Panther is some of the best role models I've seen in a comic book movie in a long time because they make the moral choice, but they also make the right choice. Even when they realize we can't do it the way we've always done it. We have to make change. Here's how we do it. We, we open and we give opportunities. And there's some lines in that movie that are just gut-wrenchingly tough to deal with. And I, I I love it to pieces. I'm so grateful that that movie came out and it was done the way it was done. So, yeah. All right. Well, this is where we normally wrap up the show. So we'll start off with Steve. Steve, what are you working on? Where can people find you? Uh, let's let's start sharing out your awesomeness, bud.
2: Uh, I'm on. I'm relatively easy to find on the on the social media. Um, I'm both on Instagram and Twitter at It's at Steve Waldinger, that's S-T-E-V-E-W-A-L-D-I-N-G-E-R. I I do a thing, a little thing called Comic Prov, where I make uh, live improvised comics. Um, My, uh, how it works is the artist, uh, this weekend at WonderCon, the artist is Donna, filling in for uh, regular artist Lady Beaver, Uh, but the artist will draw the comic first without me knowing what's going to be drawn. When the comics finished, I then fill in the words uh, without the artist knowing what's going to be written, and it makes for just a, a very fun, very lively comic book making experience. Um, we're on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Comicprov, c o m i c p r o v, and I am ho- our, the podcast that I host with my friend Chris is called the Episode 1 Podcast. Uh, We talk about the premiere episodes of uh, new TV shows, and we break them down for you. I always think the show is about Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. Chris always corrects me, and then we get to our task, and it's all fun. Um, We're on... For that, you can go to... To listen to it, you can go to episode1pod.libsyn.com. We're also on uh, Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. We have a direct link you can use. It's tiny.cc slash episode one. And we're on, we also have a Twitter and uh, Instagram. It's at episode one pod. Uh, Stay tuned. We have a lot of great shows coming up and um, I'm planning on some uh, really cool guests in the near future. Hopefully we'll have um, Mr. Mo on in the near future. I would love to. And dude, I just want to point out, you are way more
0: professional and better at this whole thing. The OT still doesn't have a Twitter. Why? Because we just want Instagram. Yeah, because I don't want to do it. I (laughs) don't want to talk to all the wonderful people on the line. I just want to be like, hey guys, I'm Coach Mo. Yeah, I also (laughs) do the OT. I love you. So I just want to point out, you are awesome. To, that that oh. was that was some professionalism to the highest degree. Oh. You are a stud. That's all I gotta say. I'm tearing up right now. <laughs> <laughs> and our other awesome guest for tonight, uh, Donald Arisi. Where where can they find you? Where, share all your stuff out for the guests or for the fans, the family.
1: Okay. Well, um, I also am relatively easy to find on the internet. My uh, Twitter and Instagram handle are the same. It's at draw dvl my middle name is victoria hence i use my initials instead of having people attempt to spell my very long and sometimes confusing last name so that's at d-r-a-w-d-v-l And uh, my website is also drawdvl.com. I need to update that. I think that my Twitter and my Instagram are a bit more current. But things that I am working on. This weekend I've been working, filling in for Lady Beaver, who is the regular artist in Comic Prov. It's been a lot of fun working at WonderCon and getting to draw people's comics and then Steve will do the writing for it and he doesn't see what I'm drawing. So it's kind of kind of cool to get back into improv and do it in a comic form. So that's what I've been doing this weekend. Um, in general projects I'm working on, I'm working on something called Local Labyrinth, which is a story, uh, kind of series of vignettes about different characters and one main character going into different places with hidden images and hidden animals and kind of exploring lots of different parts of, I guess it's mostly LA, but it's just kind of in general. And I'm also, uh, in addition to doing cartoon stuff, I do botanical illustrations. So I've been working on a lot of botanical illustration pieces. So that's a lot of things with drawing plants and kind of capturing the natural world. And in general, I work on creating zines and stories and greeting cards and comics. And I've been working on more things for my portfolio, which once I have more information and can finalize why I've been doing that, I will share that online and let's see i also am an educator in after school program so i'm always working on the projects and the lesson plans I'm doing for my students. I work for the city of LA in a couple of after school programs and I teach kids cartooning and comic book art, which is how to tell your stories with pictures and words and sequentially and I also teach a class called character design and concept art, which is instead of focused more on drawing, this one's focused on sculpture. So I teach the kids how to use sculpey clay, which is kind of like modeling clay except if you choose to, you can bake it in an oven and then it becomes like a fully hard figurine but I teach the kids how to come up with a character, how to pose the characters, move Around and then the very end of class, I teach them how to make claymation comics, which is basically they pose the character around. I help them photograph them, and it doesn't actually move like claymation, but each of the frames are posed differently, and then it's just kind of like a three-dimensional comic that I help them caption. So I'm basically hard at work on my stuff, working with students, and also working on drawing plants and working with a local labyrinth series and anything you check out of mine online. Koalas come up a lot. I very much like koalas, and they kind of work their way into everything. And puns.
0: They're the koala second cutest of the bear pons. family.
1: You know, they're actually not bears. People don't always know that they're, they're, they're marsupials. They're they carry their on a pouch. People are barely aware of the fact that koalas are koalified marsupials. <laughs> Boom! There we go. Puns and koalas. I think respect.
0: I'm a respect. <laughs> uh, so uh, you can find me at Coach Hulk. And um I just followed, you know, all the things that were just pointed out because they were said so well. So you guys just got some sweet follows. So I hope that you took the time when they were doing all that awesome, professional, worky stuff to follow as well, because these are some great folks. And I just I'm so glad that I got to hang out and just talk and share little little memories. And, uh, yeah, I, I write for the PSVG. I teach. I coach the sports. Life's good. So. Yes, I did promise that I would get some of those things out that I've been working on writing-wise. However, I am a coward, and I'm super scared to share out my feelings. So I am going to continue to stare at the beautiful writing that is over 2,000 words and some change. And eventually, when I'm ready, it will be submitted. So with that, awesome listeners, wonderful family, we're going to say game over. Have a good night. Bye.
2: This has been a production of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Find more great content at playsomevideogames.com.